drop the subject has begun. Hey, hey. how you doing? It's Allie, it's James Simmons, it's Friday, and I actually would like to start off the show today with a nice uh, drum roll. Go ahead. Oh, okay. All right. Since you've <laughs> already been giving me percussion this morning. I haven't. Mm-hmm. Bit of an sure announcement. Dr- drum, drum roll. Oh, you have an announcement. I feel like the "Wonder What's Inside Your Beehole" song is the is the announcement <laughs> song. So, I'll, I'll okay, wonder what's on. inside your. Uh, <laughs> inside. I, I love the the or versions we played earlier this week. The remixes of that, where the there's now like a four hundred trillion, including Ali's dubstep remix, um, which was trending I on YouTube. I know. I put. I spent way too much time making a video out of that, and I still have not gotten a retweet or any acknowledgement from the mom and the mom has been super good about retweeting everybody's remixes so i know when it comes to remixes mine is bottom of the barrel <laughs> but <laughs> that's she okay just a, she's just like doesn't like dubstep but whatever okay right. so this is about your announcement okay ready if you have been following the show following me things that i've been up to i have been working on a series for the last two years pretty much and it's butch pal for the straight gal it Uh is a comedy about what Uh the all-female queer eye would be (gasps) and it's it's something that i i did two crowdfunding campaigns j i got jay rodriguez's blessing on it dot marie jones was in the pilot and it's been a very long process but a very rewarding and challenging process I'm happy to announce that we are having our official pilot premiere virtually what? on Monday. <gasps> mm-hmm. Monday, May Stop 11th it. is the premiere. Yeah. Are you going to dress up in like a red carpet look anyway and then like be on a red carpet, but in a very butch pal for the straight gal kind of way? Or like, you know, how are you going to do that's a great this? question because we're doing a Q&A. So the, the pilot premiere happens at 5 p.m. And if you want to... Do it. It's free. It's uh, if you just go to tellofilms.com, they're a f- queer female streaming platform. So tello, uh-huh. T-E-L-L-O, films.com, tellofilms.com. And uh, Clexicon was a, 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 a virtual, well, it wasn't virtual. It was a queer female conference or like uh-huh. convention that was in Vegas and it takes place in Vegas every year. I went last year. It was super fun. And this year it was supposed to happen in Vegas over, I believe April 16th weekend. Of course that oh, didn't happen. Yeah. We've learned Miss Rona had other plans. And so they announced that it was taking place virtually, but I've never been to a premiere of my own anything and I've never been to a virtual premiere. So the idea of dressing up is probably a good idea, James. I should probably yeah. contact some of my other butch pals, some of the other ladies from the cast, my producers and my director, and we should all get dressed up. We also have, I don't know if I should get dressed up, dressed up, or if I should wear a butch pal shirt, because I've got butch pal for the straight gal shirts, uh-huh. but they're casual, just kind of t-shirts. Maybe you can throw, uh, this This could be a very like butch gal sort of thing. You could like have the t-shirt, but then throw over like a really cute blazer sort of thing with like like a fedora-y kind of look, you know, whatever. Just like mm. a touch, like a touch of blush. Just like a touch. Yes. Like, a, like, like a little eye, just like a light smoky eye. Just like a, a, the a tiniest. nice, like bougie kind of necklace. Yeah. And then it's you like dressed up the shirt or whatever. Okay. But I have so many more questions. So like, you know, the, listen, we live in LA. 
And so when people are like, yeah, I have this project, like everyone in LA is like a something slash something slash something, right? So everyone's a hyphenated person. Yes. 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 Well, but then, and everyone's like, yeah, my project is like this and I'm doing this thing and like, whatever, it's like really fun. You should come. And then you realize that they shot it on their like flip phone. (laughs) Right. Or they're like, like, come to my improv show. And you think that it's like a really big improv troupe. And then it's uh something in Tarzana and you're like, oh yeah. And it's like four people and, and they're like now my gun is turning into an alien and it's eating you alive and you're, you're like, like no okay. there's three hours ahead of this uh but then you're like my producers my director my like you you name dropped a few people in there that are pretty significant like ali this is like the real deal holyfield isn't it Thanks. Well, it's it's it was actually just an idea when Queer Eye came out. I was like, man, why is it? Why are we rebooting this show? Which I, I love the reboot. I know everyone loves the reboot. But I was like, man, why is a female version of this show never existed? But I didn't want to just do a female version of an already existing show. So, and of course, I've got a comedy background. So I decided to make a narrative comedy out of it. And so it's kind of a spoof, you know, uh, mockumentary style series where mm-hmm. these kind of, they're not L word lesbians. They're kind of like stereotypical, crunchy, butch lesbians. So it's not oh. like, I think the camera always wants like sexy things to happen and they're, those ne- they're never happening. Nice. But, uh, so I had this idea and I had no job at the time. So I was like, well, F it. I'm just going to kind of work on this. And then my friend and I, decided to just run a crowdfunding campaign and it went it got it raised all the money that we wanted and I was really surprised and then we were like okay well now let's actually do this thing and write it and make it and so we had to run we ran another crowdfunding campaign for post-production and so we've it's been this long kind of ever-growing thing and now it's kind of culminating it's weird that it's all culminating to an online watch party like that does kind of suck because we've applied for all these festivals and we're not going to be able to attend any of the festivals even if we got in so it's just like man Uh, but I'm really excited for everybody to finally see what we've been working on and you know it's a pilot so it's not perfect but it's it's something that we're really proud of that we worked really hard on and the goal next is to try and get it picked up so uh it's been a really cool process and i'm excited to share with everybody and if you can't go on at 5 p.m on monday to the watch party which is free to everybody it will be available after that for the entirety of the festival which happens may 11th through may 17th so thank you for letting me kind of blah 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 about my stuff and we will talk about many other things on the show today but no uh, we will not hold on (laughs) you're not done whoever's listening listen people you have connections and you know people who know people whose sister-in-law brothers cousins is like a production agency i don't know how this works movie mogul somebody pick this up netflix (laughs) are you listening hello hello drop the subject the new channel q drop the hornet on the new channel (laughs) please drop the hornet crying out loud okay so all week long we've been talking about these murder hornets and uh, they're a thing they're a real thing and you know we had a little rbg scare earlier in the week we had some uh, you know coronavirus all week we've just a black hole a black hole there's a black hole that's only a thousand light years away that we didn't even know was there Nick Cage is playing Joe Exotic in the new, like, what you call it, TV series, Tiger King. I, I, I the world is really, is really something else right now. And then you tap, you add on to that murder hornets. These things are, if you just have been under a rock and haven't heard, up to two inches long. 
They can decimate an entire bee colony in less than an hour. They oh will, my God. They can go through five to ten bees in five to ten seconds by like just like ripping them apart. It's the craziest Yeah, it's thing. like the bro equivalent of shotgunning a beer, but it's yeah, bees. Yes, they just like go crazy with bees. Also, they kill up to 50 people a year in Japan. But, and, pe- but also in Japan, they eat them. Yeah, isn't this the wildest thing, Allie? They eat they them. Make, they're, they're, I'm looking at a recipe right now. It's a cooking tutorial on how to make giant hornet skewers. Oh, my God. No. It says that they are light and crunchy and leave a warming, tingling sensation when eating. That's because you're eating poison, dude. <laughs> like, that's venom. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. So, but I guess, you know, according to this one article I'm reading, it says you, if you can't beat them, eat them. And that's kind of what they're doing I in Japan. I mean, uh, true. But, like, what the links you have to go through to, like, try to catch these things to then eat them. And I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's a, that's a big no. The weird animals and things are a delicacy and lots of world and, like, not judging, just not for me. And listen, I am not... I, bees I'm fine with even wasps I'm kind of okay with hornets Whoa. scare me a little bit but like this giant hornet is crazy you can like see its eyes yes that's what's creepy is oh. it looks evil you look into its eyes and it's looking at you like what I'm an effing hornet that can rip a bee into shreds bro and you're like <laughs> you're like and if I sting you like 14 times I'm gonna kill you which is yeah. it's like actually a thing and the reason this is a big deal is because they found two separate murder hornet colonies in North America one in Canada that they sort of handled a few months ago and then they just found another one in Washington state so the world's freaking out about murder hornets but it's not the first time that we have played with them no 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 uh, Coyote Peterson who's like a big YouTuber and he does he's sort of like the modern day uh, Steve that or the crocodile uh, Irwin time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he does all this stuff, and he's a little Bear Grylls-ish, too. He go, like, goes out in the woods and does all this stuff. So he decided to allow himself to get stung by one of these murder hornets. Uh, back in 2018, uh, this is what it, it sounded like, by the way. That's what we want. <sighs> wow. All right. Everyone, just take a moment to soak this in. That is an enormous hornet. I mean, this thing is the size of his nose, Allie. Yes, it's it's huge. It's just ginormous. So he like is cueing everybody up. He's like, all right, we're going to do this. And he's going to like lay it on his arm and then allow this thing to sting him. Look at his abdomen pulsating. You look at the mandibles. Those are used for chomping. I think I may also take a bite during this video as well, which I'm kind of afraid of. And if you zoom in on the legs, you can see that they have these little hooks. They almost look like grappling hooks. Uh. And one thing that also scares me, there is the chance it's going to latch onto my arm and sting more than once. Okay, so that's the thing that kills you. You're right. That is terrifying. Go ahead, then. Right, it's like right. what what I this is what I don't understand. And if James Lipton were alive today and he ever asked me what would be the profession that you would least want, it would be this, where you're just like, look at this giant thing that could possibly kill me. Look at its stinger. There's a chance that this might happen and it could kill me. Anyway, proceeding onward, let's just go ahead and lay it on my forearm and Any, let it have a meal. Right. Anyway, and then if it stings me multiple times, I, I'm almost assuredly to die. So, uh, yeah, but you know, YouTube. I can't stop my hand from shaking. Yeah. I haven't been this over since the tarantula. Do you want to do this? Since yeah. the tarantula, by the way. I don't know if you caught All that. Right, ready? <laughs> ready if you are. I'm Coyote Peterson, 
and I'm about to enter the sting zone with. Okay, wait, stop. Wait, he has know. a whole zone. I apparently has a whole. Zone. I didn't know we had like douche bro, like the sting zone. Hold on, he's about to get stung. Japanese giant hornet. One. Two. No. Oh my god. So it's stinging him. Oh, there's a stuck in my arm. Oh! Okay. Woo! I can't. I can't. <laughs> okay, his arm instantaneously blows up. Instantaneously. Can you imagine being the camera person, the camera operator, and you're like, what am I doing? Why, why am I doing this? What, what is my life right now? <laughs> what is my life? <laughs> I mean, at the very least, he the thing stung him, and then he had enough wherewithal just to take like a, a glass and like put it over it so it wouldn't fly around. Because what I was thinking the whole time is once this thing stings you, you're just going to let it go and fly around, and it's going to sting right. everybody else. Like, no. So and anyway. how are you going to contain it when it's biting you? Like, if you're holding it while it's biting you, I would definitely be releasing my grip on that thing as soon as it bites me. The second it bitch. Because this is supposed to feel like someone pushing like hot thumbtacks like through your skin. Anyway, yeah. Coyote Peterson goes on to freak the absolute F out (laughs) about being stung by this thing. His arm turn gets huge and all red and gross and he he lives. Uh Uh-huh. Happy ending? Happy ending? (laughs) He's still alive? By the way, Coyote Peterson, I'm going to go ahead and venture to guess that's not his real name. Um, He's like some dude from Detroit. And he's like, oh my God. I'm calling Coyote Peterson and this is the Sting Zone. (laughs) Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Dropping of the subject on the Channel Q. It's a Friday. Mm. I am James. And I am Ali. (laughs) <laughs> not, not really figuring out what voice I want to do, but that's okay. Uh, and that other voice you heard was Allie Johnson. And uh, listen, you know, while we're here, we do this thing it's a couple times a week called Ask the NP, where, you know, you everything you're too scared to ask your MD, you ask the NP. And y'all have had some very interesting questions, not only on my personal uh, social medias, but here to the show um, and to Allie. And we appreciate that. Please always follow us at DTS Show on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, I think today's Ask the NP, Allie, is very, very much something that we can all relate to. It has even happened to me and during the time of pandemia uh, and it is an excellent question I definitely think y'all are going to want to know the answer well yeah somebody direct messaged us on Instagram and said my hangovers in quarantine have been so much worse than the regular quarantine than the regular hangovers I get I experienced this last weekend uh, last Friday actually I was like you know what breaking out the vodka we're doing it and I had (laughs) some beers and I had some vodka and the next day it was all day that I was hungover and I was like man I haven't been this hungover in a long time so what is the deal with that as far as are there reason there must be a reason medical reason why we're all feeling more hungover than normal and what do you prescribe as the official cure very good. The The two reasons why we are all feeling a little bit more hungover after drinking during pandemia are really not all that scientific. Uh, if you think super hard about them, the first one is one that you may not have thought about, however. You're drinking more than you would have if you were out. I explain. <laughs> You're pouring your own drinks. 
Oh, right. You're going back to your own bar and not being charged $15 for another drink. Which is kind of nice. It's it's quite nice. However, think about when you do your own pour, you're giving yourself a little bit extra than the bar is normally going to give you. Very true. And then you're like, well, I can just walk 10 feet and get another one. So you're having... <laughs> More drinks than you normally would, where if you had to like walk to the bar, stand in line, pull out your credit card, spend however much it's going to cost. Oh, you got to buy the four other people you're with drinks. So it's really going to cost you like 60 bucks instead of like free. Right. This is giving me so much anxiety. Right. Isn't it? When you're like, I'm at the bar. I really want another drink, but I don't want to buy it for everyone else. Yeah. Or I'm walking away and then everyone's like, let's do a round of shots. And you're like, all right, fine. fine. And then they're like, who's paying for this? And I'm like, I got it. And then the next day I'm like, damn it. You're like, why did I do that? And none of that is is happening now. (laughs) But you're right. We're probably drinking a lot more just because we're pouring ourselves more. I didn't even think about that. Uh huh. You're pouring yourself more. Even wine. Think about it. This is the classic, like when you order a glass of wine and you know, it's a lot of the restaurants here in LA have been really lovely lately in the last few years. They're like, would you like a six ounce pour or a nine ounce pour? Well, a nine ounce pour is technically two glasses of wine (laughs) in one, but that is probably what we all- judge me? Right? (laughs) Stop judging me. That is probably what we all normally pour ourselves. So you're- you're pouring yourself at least the nine ounce pour, but you're not paying the $21 for it. You're just burning through a bottle of water or a bottle of water, bottle of wine in an hour or whatever, right? So speaking of water, the second reason, Allie, is we're not, none of us are drinking as much water as we were during normal times, like not even close. You're totally right. I don't know if I've had one sip all day and I still feel <laughs> thirsty and I'm like, mm. Like, I don't know why. As soon as I leave the house or do something, I feel like I should be drinking water and staying hydrated. But when you're just at home, it's just not something you think about. Uh huh. It it isn't. We haven't. We've sort of cultured ourselves around trying to be hydrated when it comes to activity. When it comes to weather, you know, we we have like, uh, you know, I'm one of the I'm what do they call those Visco girls or whatever that carry around the water bottles with the stickers all over them or whatever. Like, I have one of those, but I only drink out of it myself when I go to work. Because I'm thinking about, I'm like, oh, that's my work water bottle. And I take it with me and I refill it 100,000 times at work. Well, I'm super hydrated that when I do that. But sometimes I only work like once a week during my dissertation time. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not sitting at home being like, let me drink out of my work water bottle. Does that make sense? And I think everyone's sort of got that thing. Like we've built a habit around drinking water, yeah. which involves. You don't have a habit house. of drinking water at home. Right. right. Exactly. Um it kind of seems the way you put this, it seems like we all are just acting like we're at a wedding where we have free, <laughs> when you free have access to free, like an open bar uh-huh. and you can have as many drinks as you want. You're just nice. like open bar. And it's then you over. don't even think about water or any mm-hmm. of that stuff. You're just indulging. Yep. And that's yep. what we've been doing for six weeks. <laughs> so and now we're like, two- why, are, why are we getting all over? So now ask the MP seems a little silly, but <laughs> no, you're just but dishing out literally what like, we haven't figured, put together on our own. We just haven't put it, but that's all right. That's why I'm here. And listen, these are both easy fixes. Just pour yourself a little bit less alcohol and drink a little bit more water. You'll be fine. Okay, great. Um, More Drop the Subject. Friday continues. I know you're already cracking open that bottle, aren't you? It's okay. We don't blame you. More Drop the Subject. And maybe we'll crack a bottle open ourselves. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons. 
We are going to chat with Dr. Jen a little later in the show about some of the anxiety people might be feeling when it comes to the R word reopening. Yes, many states are reopening as soon as today. Of course, places like Georgia have already reopened, uh, contrary to what the CDC recommends. But the White House doesn't seem too fond of what the CDC recommends either. They have presented a 17-page draft on recommendations for reopening all of America. And the White House says, hey, I think this is a little too strict. And just wanted to say, (laughs) you guys aren't doctors. So why don't we listen to the CDC? And it's kind of just leaving it up to the governors, which if you've got a crappy governor, you're kind of SOL. I think this is just so fascinating that we've learned this week the the White House asked the CDC to put together guidelines. Right. And then they're like, to, we don't for, like these. For them to be reopened, right? And then they're like, um, I don't like these, so we're just not going to do it. And But then not say, go back and do round two. Or, okay, we like this, but we don't like that. Like, you, this is called, like, a draft and a revision or whatever. Also, let me remind everyone, because I haven't said this in a few days, we are not in charge. The virus is in charge. So whether you like it or not, this is what, as best as we can as a human species, figure out about how this virus is going to act, and then we need to act accordingly. You can't just, like, decide that it's not happening. Like, that That doesn't work. Well, yeah, and I think what they don't love is that it's not just immediately going back to the way it was and the way it was is a a phrase that is constantly being thrown around i don't think it's going to be the way it was i think for years or maybe ever maybe but just to kind of give an overview like i know a lot of people are you listening in california so we will go over some of those in a little more detail but when it comes to just a general overview of who is reopening it seems that kind of go to the left coast and to the right coast, that's who is under some restrictions still. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when it comes to reopening soon, that would be Arizona, Ohio, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. But all of these middle states, including Texas, including Arkansas, Mississippi, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, they've already all done a partial reopening. Mm-hmm. And yep. I think more Nebraska, of them are going to be in the coming weeks. Yeah, I think Nebraska, Iowa. Iowa is one of the two states that never officially shut down anyway. Um, and so they're still sort of, they're open, but they were never actually closed. Nebraska is also uh, reopening today as well. For California, because uh, we you know we do have so many listeners here, there's the, Gavin Newsom, the governor, has proposed a four-stage uh, reopening plan. So stage one is kind of where we were yesterday. Everyone is either staying home or a member of the essential workforce, period, end of discussion. Otherwise, like, that's it. No one's going out. Well, stage two, which is starting today across the state, uh, is reopening some lower-risk workplaces. So, like, non-essential manufacturing, like furniture, clothing, toys, things like that in a manufacturing environment, again, with restrictions on physical distancing, on masking, on there has to be so much hand sanitizer or hand-washing stations, things like that schools oh it's very interesting that's what's going to open today in california stage stage two yeah is is where where we move towards stage two stage two is also going to be a phased rollout so schools are not going to open today but they're part of this phase that we're starting today let me be clear about that oh i see so it's not like schools are open today it's here's the beginning of phase two 
Yes, here's the beginning of phase two, where in planned in phase two, schools will reopen, child care facilities will reopen, retail businesses for curbside pickup only. So all that shopping you've been wanting to do at TJ Maxx, you got to do her online. That's what, and then okay. mm-hmm. you can call and then you can pick it up, right? And then offices where remote work is not possible, but those offices can be modified to make the environment safer for employees. Okay. I'm kind of vague there. So it seems to be still not as slow as I think it probably should go, but then you look right. over to other states like Texas, and I'm looking at this, and it's retail stores already open, food and drink, restaurants already open, entertainment like movie theaters, museums, bowling alleys, libraries, already all open, outdoor and recreation open. Uh, there's really only a few things that are reopening soon, which is personal care like barbers and salons, and some places like swimming pools. So you think like, oh, man, this is going really fast. But then you look at states like Texas and Georgia and you're like, man, that's whoa, real fast. And Hey-o. you're going to see, yeah, yeah, you might see a spike in cases. And then it also has this great, If I know we have to go, but on New York Times, if you have access to New York Times, they have a really cool interactive map. It'll even show when they lifted the orders in terms of cases. So there'll be this rise in cases and then there'll be a little line that says, they reopen. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> Why? So oh, uh, just kind of interesting. We'll have to tweet that out if you're able to, to uh, take a look at it. When we come back, what do we have on deck? Oh, PC police. PC <laughs> police. <laughs> Wee-oo. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. James Simmons, guest co-hosting with your Ali Johnson, of course. And it is Friday, so we're doing that thing that we do on Fridays because Ali and I are not so great on the entertainment uh, front of things. We need a little help, so we call in the PC police. That is pop culture police, none other than Mr. Jason Carter. Jason, how are you doing, babe? Hey, guys. Allie James, I'm good. Good to be here. And um, uh, summer bodies are upon us, yes? Or at least that's what we like to think in this time of quarantine that we have a summer body still. I know I don't. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right we all have like the the corona what are they calling it the covid quarantine 15. the quarantine 15 uh-huh. right <laughs> yeah i my i feel like especially that on top of a dissertation my you know quarantine 15 is like the quarantine 45 but that's okay i'm not shaming myself i'm just it is what it is you only write a dissertation once in your life like i'll be able to work out when this thing is done for sure. But you mentioned shame and people are shaming Adele because Adele celebrated her 32nd mm-hmm. birthday this week on uh, May 5th. And of course, she premiered a very new body, which is having polarizing reactions from both fans and industry um, individuals alike, because Adele has been known to be a more full-figured woman. And back in October of last year, we got a snippet of Adele's new body at Drake's birthday party. But now, you guys, she has unleashed the Kraken and has brought <laughs> a whole new body for this summer 2020. And people are, and people are here for it and some people aren't. I think that's really interesting because I, what it really makes me think about is the second I saw this picture, I did, I think, what all of us do. And I was like, oh my gosh, whoa, she's lost so much weight. And then instantaneously, I was like, why is that the first thing I'm noticing about this person? She's like a 48 trillion time Grammy winner. You know, she's sold so many, 15, right? She sold so many uh, millions of albums. I've seen her in concert. She's fantastic. And there's so many other things that we can celebrate about this woman. And then the first thing I did, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so skinny. Right. Well, Rolling Stone, I'm um, sorry, in 2015, she told Rolling Stone that she's like, I'm not skipping to the gym. So she's never been one who's been really into fitness, but we do know that she did have a, a breakup over a year ago 
And of course, what sources are telling Drop the Subject that she got in shape for herself. I don't understand why people are mad about this, but I understand why they're mad about that. And I'll, I'll explain why. Because Adele has been seen as someone who has been antithetical to what a pop star is. I mean, even she says that she's not really in it for the fame, of course, right? So when you have someone who has been known to be a certain person, has this complete transformation and makes her core audience feel like, well, is she authentically Adele still? Which personally, I feel like, yeah, of course she is. And this new album hopefully we'll get because it's been five years since we got 25, will be indicative of the beautiful amazingness that is Adele Laurie Blue Atkins, also known as Adele. Um, (laughs) We hope that she hasn't, you know, veered too far from what we've come to know and love, but she can evolve. And I personally feel like she was beautiful and she is beautiful in any body shape, in any body form. But people feel that she was the poster child for body positively inadvertently. And now that she's lost all this weight, they can identify or attach to who she is, which is sad because we came to love Adele as the vocalist. We came to love her as this amazing songwriter who who pierced our emotions with these songs of of heartbreak and happiness even. So people are afraid that that is gone. I, I totally um, agree with you with that. I, I have to, you know, I sort of, we all, this is what we all do, right? We all personalize these things. We all sort of bring them back to ourselves. And I, I, I do have to think about, and I don't, Jason, I don't even know if you, you know this, but I, at one point in my life, I was 315 pounds and then I lost a significant amount of weight in about 14, 15 months. And I got down to 185. And when I was that thin and right now I hang about 230 and I'm chill, you know, whatever. But I, when I was that thin and I'd lost so much weight so fast, I remember thinking, I mean, every single person I came across, friends, family, people I was dating at the time, like what, it didn't matter, old friends from school, like whatever. The first thing they said was, oh my gosh, look at you. You look great. And it, it really did start to grate on me after a while. And I was like, wait, I look great, but like, didn't like, is that, is the only thing you're really seeing in me right now is the fact that I've lost a bunch of weight. Like, did I, was I really that atrocious beforehand? And I realized that some of that was my, my own thing. But but I also I just I feel like someone who is just so incredibly gifted and has brought so many gifts to the world and is a verified A lister and probably will be for life. Like I think she's already reached that status. Why it's yes. sort of like, well, can't we just relate to her for her talents, not because she was our big girl who was, you know, handling things as a big girl, or now that she's thin and everyone's like, Oh, Adele's beautiful now. What well, no no. Right. A hundred percent. Because I think you make a really good point is that you're, you know, looking to your, your fitness journey, you, people want to validate your existence and your acceptance by you losing weight. Whereas you had always possessed greatness beyond your physical appearance. So it's not, that's <laughs> why I thank and, you. And, well, it's the truth though. And I think that's what, I think that's what people are saying. You know, we had, let's see, there's so many quotes. I mean, Kaylin Allen took his Instagram and celebrated her. And yes, Adele should be definitely celebrated for being healthy if that's the choice she makes, but it should not, her worth or anyone's worth for that matter should not be solely based on whether or not they have lost weight, whether or not they have chosen to lead a healthy lifestyle. That should be only secondary to who they are as a person. I mean, I work out because I'm in my underwear on television and I too feel that my worth is based on, oh, well, does she have a six pack? Is he a little bit heavier this season? And it, it is grating because people, because we're more than that. We are not monolithic. We are not homogenous in these things. We are multifaceted and layered and multi-tiered. And so for Adele, I'm waiting for her to come out and, and give a statement in regards to all this because she has thoughts. Oh, no doubt. I'm sure she has thoughts. I mean, her weight has been something that's been a part of her career for a long time. I'm sure she's sick of talking about it, but not afraid to address it. And I've been 
shamed for being skinny. I've been shamed for being fat. People are going to have something to say no matter what. And it's just frustrating. I It sucks that we have to continue having these conversations all the time. But hopefully it's progress. But we have to take a break. Jason, hold, hold your next topic because... Someone has found a way to compare the Me Too movement to COVID-19. I don't know how that's possible, but Kevin Spacey managed to do it, and I think he's going to win the Douche of the Year Award. We will talk about that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject. We are back. It is Friday. James and Allie here. Allie's just, uh, you know, she's chilling. She's letting me uh, take the ropes and uh, have a little bit of a kiki with Jason. And uh, so in the previous break, we talked about Adele and sort of the controversy that's gone on now that she posted this picture from her 32nd birthday. And she's lost a bunch of weight. But now I kind of want to switch gears a little bit, Jason. And, you know, in particular, apparently, like, things are still happening with a lot of people in coronavirus land. Like even though everyone is just having to stay home, like celebrities are still like starting to do new projects and starting to do some things. Right. Well, we have people who are trying to get extra creative while they're in quarantine. Rightfully so. I mean, you have the time to really dive into what you want to do. And of course, people that have a limited amount of resources to places like HBO Max and all these really cool platforms are doing even more than that. Case in point, Selena Gomez, who is now launching an untitled cooking show on HBO Max coming this summer, and she says it's 10 episodes of, quote, unapologetically authentic cooking alongside a rotating cast of master chefs who will join remotely. She's always wanted to be a chef, and now she's getting to do that, which, I'm, sure, I mean, fine. Okay. <laughs> well, she, she goes on to say, it gets better. She goes on to say, quote, I've always been very vocal about my love of food. I definitely don't have the formal training, though, like many of us. While being at home, I find myself cooking more and experimenting in the kitchen, end quote. So I'm okay with that. I think it'll be great. Like I said, Selena Gomez is one of the most followed people on social media. We've been on a journey with Selena through her health battles as well as her mental health battles. So for her to arrive with a new album that came out in January, Rare, which is some of her best work, to now having a cooking show, I'm here for it. But the thing about this is like, can we get some kind of cooking show? Because they're just handing them out to everyone in 2020. I mean, right. This is what I'm saying. Like, I, what I kind of don't understand is like, are we... Is this the new sort of, you know, I think I was saying earlier the, this week on the show that like, I really, I'm looking forward to Hollywood coming, coming up with like unique ideas. And so is this the stab in the dark for like a unique idea? Like, let's give a singer that everyone loves and she's very talented and when she does, uh, but I, let's just have her to have a cooking show just because that's who she is. Like, I, I sort of didn't necessarily no. understand that but i also feel like right now too there isn't a lot of other like stuff going on in the world so they're like uh who has a lot of instagram followers okay oh yeah selena gomez oh let's give her a cooking show you know it just seems sort of like random it's beyond random and look no you don't give a singer a cooking show because it's something new and creative in hollywood this is scraping the bottom of the barrel really it is as far as creativity goes because she's not a chef she loves to cook, which is great. And then she's bringing in professional chefs to do the work for her. So mainly they're saying, look, Selena Gomez can bring us viewers. Let's just do this. Everyone loves a cooking show. Boom. Perfect storm. But I will watch because I want to see how well she can make eggs. Because believe it or not, according to Gordon Ramsay, who is a bona fide chef that right. deserves to have his own cooking show, and he does, and it's amazing, 
making eggs is the hardest thing to cook, right? So, Selena Gomez, you have your work cut out for her. Yes, Jason, I think the ceiling of our last apartment would agree that eggs are a very hard thing to master. There was a, an incident in another time and place where my wife decided to make eggs when I was not around, and they exploded all over our kitchen. And I think at that point, the best thing w- was just to leave and, and start anew. But let's segue into a topic that most people hate talking about now, Kevin Spacey. Somebody that, in all honesty, many years ago, I highly respected as an actor. It really sucks that he sucks as a person, and he seems like one of the people who has not taken any accountability for his actions. Plus, I mean, there's a whole different story about the two men who have since died after accusing him of sexual misconduct. I think there might be some Carol Baskin parallels there. But it seems he has a podcast, and it seems people listen to it. And he is now making parallels between the Me Too movement and COVID-19. What the hell is going on? Yes. So he posted a 10-minute video to YouTube um, over a month ago, but it's resurfaced this week. And what's what's interesting about this, this guy's been banished from Hollywood. People normally get out of Hollywood jail. Kevin Spacey has had the key thrown away. The door has been locked. The key's thrown away over, of course, as you said, multiple sexual assault allegations. And he goes on to say, quote, I don't think it will come off as a surprise for anyone. He says this on his his YouTube video. I don't think it will come as a surprise for anyone that my world completely changed in the fall of 2017. My job, many of my relationships, my standing in my own industry were all gone within just a matter of hours. He explained that it does not... He's not to tell people that he can relate to the situation in regards to what's happening with COVID-19, but he can definitely see that it's a very unique and very personal experience and that he understands where people are coming from. First, equating sexual assault to what's going on with COVID-19 and people having their lives been up and it is like, what, Kevin? Kevin, he's, he's a brilliant actor and a very smart man. I will give him that. But I don't know what peyote he's been smoking in quarantine. I don't know what <laughs> genetically That's engineered, ph- pharmaceutically engineered drugs he's been taking to equate the two is just one asinine, not reading the room, and just completely inappropriate. And I hate to use the word inappropriate, but this is inappropriateness at its finest. So he's it's, entitled to his opinion. He is, he is, and listen. I mean, whatever. We could, well, we could have a, an hours long conversation about, you know, the the forgiveness aspect of this and the rehabilitation and what all those things matter. But at the end of the day, like he still has these allegations against him, and I think some of which have sort of been proven to possibly be true, though they're still being investigated. So anyway, it's a very, very controversial thing. But listen, Jason, as we do every week, thank you for schooling us, for policing us, the pop culture police, Jason Carter, who you can see, you can see on Ripple's Drag Race, uh, of course, which is going on right now, on The Young Turks. He's all over. He knows everything that's uh, what is going on in the world of entertainment. And Jason, let the folks know where they can find you on the socials. You can find me on the socials on Instagram at Jason Carter Official. Be sure to I got my show Jason Unleashed on IGTV and Instagram every day and also on Twitter at JJC Forever. That's not forever or the number four and ever. It's the word forever phonetically. So get into that. <laughs> James, I- Allie, you guys are amazing. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Thank you, Jason. You too. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. You know what time it is. I know because you're a genius. Yes, News It or Lose It is about to commence. I've got three stories. James, you have a clinger and a dream and an opinion, which means... (laughs) A clinger and a dream. A clinger and a dream. (laughs) Uh, All right, here's your first headline. 
work out while you work with this new under your desk bike. I was whistling while I work. I was working out while I work. Thank you, Dad. I really appreciate that. Thank you. You uh, don't know that song? From no, I, you, I do. Yeah, yeah, and now you're doing the quintessential dad thing, which is to keep repeating it until I give you the reaction no, that you don't, want. Do you, you don't know that joke? Come on, you guys. No, it's like it's like I'm whistling while I'm working. Get it? It's like working out while I'm working. Oh, God, okay. And then I'll go, can you stop? And then you'll go, I don't know, can you? I don't know. It just goes on you? and on. Right. Okay, headline number two. You're using that one. Bees can fight back against murder hornets by cooking them alive. And here's oh, how they I do it. I almost swore really bad. Yeah! Get All it! Right. Get those murder hornets! I know. Get a one up. And then finally, Animal Crossing frog villagers react hilariously when you give them frogs. No, I don't know what you're even talking English, Allie. This program is in English. Got it. Okay, yeah. so you're no. losing that one, but that's okay. We will start. I think we're actually going to talk about murder hornets a little later in the show, more yeah, in depth, boo. because there's, yeah, there's a guy who stung himself on purpose. I mean, it's getting out of hand, but people uh, are bored. Barf. There is apparently a defense that bees have against murder hornets, because the big story of the weekend and into this week was, it was murder hornets and the In Your Beehole song. That has driven the entire yes. week. Yes, yes. So... Murder hornets, the big story was that they can rip a bee in half in like less than a millisecond and they can destroy whole colonies in a matter of hours. Now we're learning this is according to a new CBS special. Uh And this this guy is with the NYPD and he seems to know a lot about bees and he did a special on CBS about a very specific defense that the bees have against murder hornets. They can murder them right back. Take a listen. What they did was they kind of tricked the the Japanese hornet into coming in. So what they did was they kind of befriended him, befriended them and let him come in. And what they did was cook them. So the Japanese hornet body temperature could only withstand 115 degrees. The the, uh, Japanese honeybees, they can withstand a temperature of 117 degrees. So what they would do, they would let let the uh, hornet in and they would ball them and cook them and raise the body temperature just at 116 degrees where it's just enough to kill and cook the hornet and cook them right inside. Crazy, right? That is crazy. Exactly. Well, I've heard this theory about like, they they create like a vacuum, like they buzz around the murder hornets or whatever, and they create like a vacuum so that the like it like pulls out all the O2 and keeps the CO2 there and it like suffocates the hornet. I'd heard that one too, but I didn't know they could cook them too. Yeah, they're just like, hey, come on in. We're gonna completely suffocate you and also burn you alive because you cannot withstand a high temperature. I mean, bees are so damn smart. And while I, I, I not really ever like being around bees, I have tremendous amount of respect for them. And what I didn't know either was, which I learned at a farmer's market one day, (laughs) bees, when they go up to you, they're looking for a little dose of carbon dioxide so that they can gather the strength they need to continue hunting for pollen. So if a bee comes up to you, you just breathe on it, get a scoop a little, and they'll suck that CO2 right up and they'll just beep and go on their way. Well, how about that? Yeah. I'm just going to be... 
Yeah. So we've been doing it. We're like, (laughs) and they leave. Okay. Work out while you work. Let's learn about it. I know standing desks with a treadmill are all the rage, but there is a work under desk exercise bike. I'm going to show you a picture of this thing Uh so that you can get an idea. And did, uh-huh. didn't we didn't we invent this thing in like the 80s and it failed then too just saying it 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 does look super 80s so here's what it, here's what it looks like it's uh-huh. basically just a little it's it it almost looks like one of those little unicycle things that people ride around on on the street you know the little uh-huh. one wheels yeah but it, it has like little pedals and you sit under your desk and you put that little bike there and you just kind of casually it's like you're doing those little paddle boats under your desk yeah absolutely so That's, whether, you, um, you know, n- no. they're saying that it's great. It's a stamina work, W-I-R-K, <laughs> under desk <laughs> bike. And it's $75, but was originally almost eight, almost, oh, almost $180. I mean, if this is the only type of exercise that you can do, like if you're, if this is, you know, someone whose body will not allow them to do more than that, then I think that's great. If your body can do more than that, this is absolutely not a substitute for exercise. <laughs> exactly. No, it's not, just not you being work. like, and I find it to be distracting. Anyway. All right. News it'll lose. It is completed and we've got more on the way. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject returns with. What is it? What is it? Oh, we're going to learn from the animals. Oh, that's right. We're going to learn about otters and juggling. The fun continues. Ooh, all right. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Something that we like to do on Drop the Subject from time to time is learn from the animals. So why don't we do that, James? Why don't we do just that? You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. So let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Do it again now. You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. So let's do it. By the way, the animals are totally taking over during pandemia. Mm -hmm. There are like massive amounts. Where are the flamingos? I think they're in Mumbai. Did you see that? The flamingos have like taken over Mumbai. There there were reports of dolphins in the canals in Venice, but we come came to find out that that was a a rumor. But animals are really it was, but the water's cleaner, animals are coming back. Like there's like coyotes roaming the streets of LA in the middle of the day even. Like it's like kind of a thing. And uh I think we should learn from these. And there's murder hornets for crying out loud. Like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's kind of the perfect time for them to get a leg up too because it's mating season. So they are not only taking back the planet, taking back some of the streets that used to be theirs, they are also doing it all over the place. Hey. I saw this past weekend we were walking around in uh, Santa Monica area and not an area I'm super familiar with as far as just walking around the residences. And there were all these shrieking birds in the trees. And we look up and there were other people that were stopping the sidewalk and looking up. And I'm going, is this normal? And I look up and it was a ton of parrots. Whoa. Yeah. And they were screeching and flying from tree to tree. And I think they were trying to communicate or like hook up with each other. Or I don't know what was going on if they were fighting. But they were so loud. And it was I felt like I was... Like in the tiki room at the at Disneyland, I was like, "Oh my god!" You're like, "Ah, what is going on right now with all of these parrots everywhere?" Yes, so it's not 
it's not every day that you normally see those things, but now it is becoming an everyday occurrence. So anyway, it's important that we learn about these animals so we can befriend them when they do take over. And this week in Learning from the Animals, we're going to talk about otters. Also Channel Q friendly. They are. And the stat here, this is a new study about otters. They apparently juggle rocks. Well, they, they juggle rocks regularly, Kinda but they the juggle time, rocks. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize this at all, but they juggle rocks more often when they're hungry. Huh. How funny is that? I, I mean, there are a lot. Humans do lots of things more frequently when they're hungry. I suppose like, like bitch and moan and say like, I'm hungry and <laughs> complain and get hangry and like whatever. But they sort of did this whole experiment where they took the otters and they gave them puzzles that were sort of like they're juggling and they were juggling this and that. And they didn't juggle as much when they were fed. But then when they were hungry, you know, they intentionally withheld food from the poor little otters for a little while. And then when they were intentionally held back food, they juggled more. But there was no real correlation between otters who figured out the puzzles when they were hungry and otters who did not figure out the puzzles when they were hungry. So, of course, like any good researcher, they were like, well, more research needs to be done to understand what this really means. We have to figure this out. We've got to figure this out. There is another... your Allie Johnson, the cutest thing, by the way, speaking of otters and learning from the animals, a zoo in Belgium has shared some terribly adorable pictures of orangutans playing with otters. Now, if oh, you odd couple edible friends. That yes. is so cute, right? And if you'd have put two of the most random animals together, in my mind, it would have never been orangutans, which are supposed to be kind of the closest to human uh, mm-hmm. primates mm-hmm. and are otters, but they are like totally besties. It's so cute. I mean, I know what I'm doing with the rest of my day. The thing that I take away from this, what I've learned from this animal study, is that not all animals are resourceful like lions and coyotes when they're hungry. And that kind of makes me feel better about myself. And us humans should feel better because some animals, like the otters, are like us when they're hungry. They just sit there and act like morons until they get fed. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, pretty, pretty human juggling otter is a great name for a gay club. We'll be right Yo. back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. Yes, it's Drop the Subject. That's right. You've come to the right place. Allie and James are here to entertain you or at least get you through another day in pandemia. And it's in time that we had a little bit of fun. We, of course, usually when you look at the real estate market, it's sad times. And I mean, there's a lot of things that are sad times still about real estate. But some home prices are going down. Um Oh, that's good. So I thought we could play around of real estate where I present a real listing that you can rent. You can it's usually a rental, or you, sometimes you can buy. In this case, it's a rental, uh-huh. and this is in Los Angeles, so this is local to us. Oh, okay, so very good. So I'm going to give you the details. It's a real listing. You can. I don't know if you can physically tour this place, but you can just blindly decide to rent it for one year. Or I will give you something else you could have had with that money, and you guess which one costs more. James, are you ready? Oh, my. Yes. I, I'm i already sort of like, all right, Los Angeles, rented for a year. Okay, okay. I'm in. I'm in. Kay. Let's do it. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Right near the Wax Museum. Oh, so, in Hollywood. Right in Hollywood. Right uh, in the middle. They say location, location, location. Of course. Hollywood. Picture it. Sicily, 1908. <laughs> 
was probably better to live in than this apartment. Oh, really? <laughs> it is 650 square feet. It is being classified as a two-bedroom bungalow, though it looks like a literal trailer. What? It looks like one of those trailer homes, you know, where it's a. it looks homey, but then you look closer and there are like wheels under it. <laughs> okay. All okay. right. Well, all right. That's so, a little odd just for people who've never been here for to have a trailer in the middle of LA. But yeah. just, okay. I mean, it's in a lot. It it it's like in a row of houses. It just looks like it was rolled into that lot. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Uh-huh, sure. Okay, there is a little bit of a gate, so you kind of could say it's a gated community. Uh, oh, but see. it's like a wire. I mean, I don't know if the gate was already there, but let's go inside, shall we? Inside is a picture <laughs> Of a urine yellow walled house and living room okay. with it, what looks like objects from the previous tenants strewn about the living room and kitchen area. It mm. sort of looks like people ran from the law and gathered <laughs> up as much as they could grab. They're like, we have 30 seconds. Yes, and exactly. You get out, ready, go. There is one okay. piece of a headboard. There not, not is a full headboard, just a piece. Just a piece of a headboard. Uh-huh. There seems to be just trash and parts of electronics strewn about the house. There's also some beautiful shutter doors that open and close, though many of the pieces of the shutter doors are ripped open. What? This is a listing online. Yes, exactly. Someone wants you to rent this. Let's move into the kitchen, shall we? The kitchen Uh is very close to the living room. Like I said, it's 650 square feet, so it's not a big unit. It's two bedrooms, though. I don't know how you could... I mean, two bedrooms and one bath in 650 square feet is tough to do. You're sleeping, eating, and cooking and pooping all at the same time. Yeah. And (laughs) speaking of poop, that's the color of the refrigerator. It's a... Oh, no. Dark, dark brown... And just wanted to note that on this picture, it's a, it's a just kind of a standard kitchen. There's nothing too crappy about it. But this uh-huh. picture was also taken in 2009. So this is a what, current this, listing. This is not. And the sorry, only but, tolerable picture. I mean, think about the, the description of the living room and how crappy that was. This was the what? best picture that they could come up with with the kitchen. And it's from over 10 years ago. And we are sure that this is a current listing. Yep. Right now. Wow. Uh, The doorway, well, there's not a doorway, but the front door that opens into the living room, they have a shot of that. And there are some bars, some beautiful bars on the front door. There's a little window with some iron bars on it. But then you look to the left and you see a nice little window that has curtains. I guess the curtains would be classified as blinds. And when I say blinds, I mean there's only three of the blinds. (laughs) (laughs) They're bleh. It's just three of those slits. Three slits. Like kind of hanging there sadly. Okay. Um, And then how are they positioning this? Is are they positioning this to be like a fixer upper? I'll tell you. Cute little two bedroom bungalow duplex located near the Dolby Theater with a private porch, a small front yard. It's bright and airy with a new bathroom sink and a reglazed bathtub. It's newly painted and it's a one parking garage available for an extra hundred dollars a month. Pets are acceptable with a monthly fee. Easy to show. Please text or email me. Uh, I'll bet it is easy to show. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. There we go. It's over. Let's talk about that new bathroom sink and the reglazed bathtub, because that is the final picture here. If you uh-huh. look at the bathtub, maybe the tub itself is reglazed, but the tile around it is absolutely, I mean, two words, black mold. And the Whoa. faucet to the bathtub, the faucet handles are laying next to door on the sink (laughs) (laughs) they didn't even bother to screw them back on no was this like a murder house or something like i I don't know what happened in this house but i I, you're right there had to have been something there's a reason why this people just up and left this place but the question is not what happened to the family it's how much is this place this is for one month at this place and or for roughly the same amount of money uh-huh. Which one costs more, James? One month at this house or one stimulus check? Oh, stop One $1,200 stimulus I, check. Do you think was, that could buy you a month in hell? <laughs> I was just going to ask. So this is a single person stimulus check without children, right? So just the 1200 Yes, just the standard 1200 Oh, man, this has got to, I mean, it's L.A., so this thing is going to be like $1,201 or something. Or no, this (laughs) thing's going to be like $1,800 probably. Ooh, okay. So you're going to say the apartment's more? I'm saying the apartment's more. The the cute two-bedroom bungalow duplex is more money? Newly glazed sink. Newly glazed. What does that even mean? I don't know. So one month in this place, of course, we know how much the stimulus check is. It's $1,200. One month in this place is $1,999. So you cannot even buy yourself one month (laughs) in this place. (laughs) With your stimulus check. Even though the market's getting better, it still has a long way to go. And we still have more show to give you. Drop the subject returns after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop a Subject with Allie and James, and it's Friday, which means we are talking with our friend and licensed psychotherapist, Dr. Jen Mann. Welcome to the show, Jen. As always, we miss hearing you and seeing your face, so it's good that we get to talk to you every week. Exactly, and I love hearing and seeing your face, even if it's on Zoom. I know. (laughs) You and all your peeps. When we actually do get into the same room, we will do the biggest long-distance hug ever. Oh God! It's going to be intense. We we are going to hug this out. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh! This is kind of the hey when we see each other again is becoming a closer and closer conversation, and so I thought it'd be appropriate to talk about some of the fears that people might be experiencing when it comes to the word reopening. Because for some people, it's like, oh, thank God, we're going to everything's going to be, quote, normal again, which it won't be. But for some people, that's kind of a scary or a triggering word to think about going back out into society when we're not really sure if there's going to be a second wave, which there probably would be. So I guess what we're looking for is any how are we supposed to combat those feelings, those feelings of being afraid to leave that you might not have had before? Well, you bring up a great point. And a lot of the people who I'm talking to right now are feeling enormous anxiety. And there are some who, you know, kind of all along the spectrum of anxiety and fears about this. There are some who are like, I am a single parent. I have to support my family. I have to get back to work. This is going to help me financially, but I'm terrified that this is going to cost me my life. This is terrifying that I could get sick. This is terrifying for me. And then there are people who are like, 
you know what, I can work from home, I'm not leaving, I'm scared, then there are people who are worried that their jobs are going to kind of put them in a position where they're forced to go back. I'm also talking to some parents who are, there's talk about the schools coming back early, who are worried about their kids and schools saying like, hey, we're going to start in July or August to get people back. And also because it's supposed to be a little bit of a dissipation of these horrible numbers. But as you mentioned, Fauci is saying that in the fall, we are going to be hit not just with a wave that's probably even potentially bigger, but we're also going to be hit with the flu, just like the regular flu, which is going to make it even trickier. So there is enormous anxiety. And what I'm recommending to people is, first of all, do all the regular things that we always recommend to calm your anxiety. Make sure if you're in therapy, doing virtual therapy sessions, this is not the time to cut down. If you're worried about money, talk to your therapist, see if they might be willing to lower their fee or what lower cost options might be every other week or you know half sessions or something like that. Also make sure that you're doing you know, meditation, exercise, yoga, deep breathing, whatever it is that calms you, but also to start to make a plan, to start to kind of figure out, okay, if I have to go back to work, what can I do to keep myself safer? Do I have enough masks? Do I have enough gloves? What Have I talked to my boss about what the options are in terms of if you're in an office setting, are people going to be alternating shifts? Will I be able to social distance? That kind of stuff. Also, in terms of your kids, will the school allow homeschooling? I, a lot of parents are saying, even if the schools are going back, I don't know that I want my kid to go back. Mm-hmm. And we're all hopeful as parents who are on the more conservative side that schools will offer distance learning for those that don't feel safe sending their kids back. As we, as we know, and we've talked about, kids are oftentimes the carrier. So to me, it's a matter of self-care and planning, really, to, in order to handle the anxiety of us opening up again. Really love what, what you're kind of saying about this planning. And one of the things that, um, you know, you rattled off a bunch of things here and right away, I uh, but this is a perfect example. So work, work with me here. You were rattling off these things and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do that. And I have to do that. And I have to do that. I have to do that. And I was starting to feel a little bit anxious. And then I remember just last week, I started going back to just making lists again. Yeah. And it is tremendous how much that helped me feel better. And I know that I am, this is your segment, Dr. Jen, but I feel like I need to add, I'm going to throw this in here for people that just, it was, now I also, you know, I'm doing this and I'm going to the hospital and I'm working on my dissertation and I have a lot going on, but I, I just grabbed a piece of paper and wrote down kind of like the things you were saying, like questions I might have in the, in the example you brought up, it would be like questions I had for like my, my kids' school or whatever. But I just wrote down a bunch of questions I have for X, Y, and Z. And then I felt so much better. Like yeah. I didn't feel like the weight of me figuring out the world was on my shoulders. Yeah. Well, two things. One is there's a study that came out a few years ago that said that people who keep a pen and paper by their bed actually have better sleep. So I always recommend people, especially right now, because if you turn on your phone, you get the blue light and it kind of wakes you up and it's not good for your circadian rhythm, but have a pen and paper by your bed so that if you wake up and you're feeling anxious or you're worried or you have a question, just write it down in order to help you go back to sleep. And then secondly, there are studies that actually show that writing things down as opposed to typing them it creates more of a sense of focus 
and you're more likely to do the thing that you write down. I'm a huge fan of lists. And I actually, even though I have my schedule on my phone, I use a paper planner. Like the queen of planning and lists. So I totally, I couldn't agree with you more. And I do think that writing lists, as long as you're not someone who gets too overwhelmed by them, is, is a really important way to keep everything straight and lower your anxiety. All right. We have more questions for Dr. Jen uh, when it comes to reintegrating or reopening the city or the state that you live in. There are definitely a lot of fears for a lot of people. So we'll get, we have, we have more with Dr. Jen. We'll be right back with more Drop the Subject. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons. We're talking to licensed psychotherapist Dr. Jen Mann about the fears and anxieties that surround getting back out there. You know, I think that people like like somebody like me, I've been I have no problem leaving the house. I have no problem going on long road trips. But now that I've been in the house for six seven weeks, however long it's been. Even going to the grocery store is anxiety provoking. And do you see a correlation for some of the symptoms that you see in, say, like agoraphobes? What do you kind of recommend? Like, okay, maybe we should start with somewhere safe, like a park, and then work your way up to like the max, most grossest place you can think of, like a McDonald's play place? Like, do you, like, exposure (laughs) therapy, the kind of route here? Yeah, look, you bring up a really great point. And yes, I do see a lot of similarities when it comes to agoraphobia, social anxiety, and what people are going through now. And I do think that this is going to have emotional long-term repercussions for generations to come. Mm -hmm. And having gone through this, you view everything, especially if you're reading the data in a different way. And, you know, well, Fauci kind of joked about like handshakes going away, but you know, we're in a culture where that is a huge part of our culture. I do think that people are going to be anxious about getting close to people for a very long time. I think that we are going to interact very differently. I think that dating is going to be very different for a very long time. I think that our children and our children's children, you know, when any time a generation goes through a trauma, and this is a collective trauma, there are repercussions for generations to come. The Holocaust, World War II, World War I, the Spanish flu. This gets carried down, this trauma and our anxiety about it and our changed habits and our fears get carried down to our kids and our kids' kids. You know, this past weekend, Chris and I went for a little bit of a drive just to kind of get out. And we're supposed to be in Cabo right now and we're not. So our closest thing was let's drive um, just sit 10 in our hours suits to in a car. just like, right in the car. <laughs> um, let's go to a lake that's nearby. That was the closest thing. But I found myself feeling really super anxious when I left the house like I yep. would for a vacation. And yeah, right. I was like checking, locking all the doors and the windows and checking things. And I checked the stove like four times. And I'm a little bit compulsive about that anyway, but it felt like leaving for a month long vacation and I needed to make sure my house was was together. And so I, I just, it did make me think, okay, what's something that I can do that's going to help ease that? Because when I leave to go to the hospital, my partner's still here. So I don't have to worry about that. For, but for folks who are going to start leaving their house for the first time for all day long, like what yeah. are those little things? so that you're just not sitting obsessing about your house all day? Well, I think that those things that you mentioned, it's like you said that you're kind of on the OCD side and you do those things anyway. It's less about the thing that you're doing and more about that that's a sign of anxiety. Mm -hmm. That we all manifest our anxiety in different ways and that everybody needs to be self-aware enough to know 
how their anxiety presents itself so that they can say, okay, I've checked the stove 10 times. What that means is I am anxious. It's not really after the first time, it was no longer about the stove. (laughs) So it's not about managing the house. It's about managing the anxiety. Mm. And that's more about, you know, like if you're someone who's not in therapy, there's, there's some great workbooks. The anxiety and depression workbook is an oldie, but goodie. There are quite a few really good ones. I have a, a list on my website of, um, great recommended books. I have a whole section on anxiety. So like doing some bibliotherapy, you know, really looking at what are the things that you have historically done and done through all of this that help you to calm yourself down. And that's what we really need to be doing when it comes to leaving our home, when it comes to going back to work, when it comes to all of these things that are going to be more anxiety provoking, especially in the beginning, just knowing ourselves and knowing how to self-suit. I wonder too, if some job and school environments might do a tapered, like, hey, only come in twice a week to start, because I would imagine that you probably know what it's like to be off of work for a longer period of time when you had kids and things like that. And then to just jump back into five days a week. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when if I leave the house for a few hours, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm like, don't have the stamina anymore. Yeah, look, it's it's very anxiety provoking. You bring up a great point. A lot of workplaces are talking about staggering just for social distancing, not for the emotional aspect of it. But I do think that if you can, if you have the luxury to build back up, or you're in an office situation where you can encourage that with your employer, I highly encourage it. Well, if you want to check out some of the book recommendations, you can go to www drjenman.com two ends on Jen two ends on man you can also pick up one of her books uh, the relationship fix and many others uh, super baby and I mean the list goes on uh, dr. Jen you can follow her at dr. Jen man and dr. Jen we will see you I know on screen next week but we will see you in person for that <laughs> long distance hug at some point looking forward to it drop the subject the new channel Q it is time to give you the gayest new headlines of the week. Every week we scour the internet. I mean, we're always reading all kinds of things and there's no tab that goes unclicked here on Drop the Subject. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And then sometimes we run across some headlines that seem particularly gay. So we set them aside in a little folder and we read off our four finalists to you to close out the week. We put them on Instagram story on Sunday so that you can vote for the gayest one of them all and who is the gayest of them all? We will give you our four nominees and you decide. Here are this week's nominees for Gayest News Headline of the Week. Oh, you're so good at that, Allie Johnson. It's like you've <laughs> done it before or something. <coughs> <Oops>. <laughs> That's it. See, I give it's you a compliment and then you just uh, cough, cough it all up. Headline yeah. number one. Beaver invasion on the Baldwin Peninsula. Hey. Of course, it's a bald peninsula. Oh, man. Uh, Headline number two. Oh, look at this. Something we talked about earlier in the show. Mm -hmm. Otters juggle rocks more when they're hungry. Oh, they sure sure do juggle rocks. You know what I mean? (laughs) They juggle more than rocks. They juggle more than rocks. Uh, (laughs) headline, (laughs) Headline number three. 
Clinton licks beavers. Oh, beavers making two appearances this week. Good I job, mean, beavers. They, they've been, they were chilling for a while, but now that things are starting to reopen, they're coming out of quarantine a little bit, and then they're making mm. the headlines. Beavers that, are feeling brave. Beavers are feeling brave, and they're getting out and getting some fresh air, and, mm. and yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of those beavers. I am too. And for the fourth headline, I will say this is the first time ever, I think, that three out of the four headlines are lesbian and not gay man related. Wow. I mean, felicidades, as they say in Spanish. Yeah, Ex- very good. Yes. I, you it- should feel excited. I do feel excited. Here's your final headline for Gayest News Headline of the Week. How to avoid coronavirus when eating out. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, point. I suppose there is a very specific sort of thing about that. Yeah, like you you need to be careful when eating out. Mm-hmm. Right. Not, you have to wear that mask, which is a dental uh, dam for some. It, it, <laughs> it certainly <laughs> is. People even use dental dams anymore. No, I don't think people ever did. Ever? Right. Was that ever a thing? I think one lady was like, you guys, we have to be safe. And everyone was like, shut up, (laughs) Susan. Damn it, Sue. (laughs) This is not a thing. Um, Is that one person in a relationship who's like, hold on a minute. And you're like, oh, Oh, no. Oh, man, really? And you're like, this is, I mean, I shouldn't laugh because I tell people to do this with condoms. They're like, oh, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's different. But, But it is. I, yeah, it is totally different. So are our headlines this week. Please go vote this weekend. We will put them up on Sunday uh, at DTS show on the Instagram. You get to vote beaver invasion on the Baldwin Peninsula. Otters juggle rocks more when they're hungry. Clinton licks beavers or Allie's favorite: how to avoid coronavirus when eating out. And if you are going to the grocery store to pick up some food to eat in rather than eat out, we have some tips for you straight from employees, grocery store employees, what not to do in the grocery store after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. We are all visiting grocery stores on the regular. And of course, there is some etiquette attached to this. So why not? If you are going to go to the grocery store this weekend, you might want to listen up. Specifically with Trader Joe's, there is etiquette involved here. And I always love hearing from Trader Joe's employees telling us idiot shoppers what not to do when it comes to milling about the aisles. So these are some things that you should never do in a Trader Joe's. According to Trader Joe's employees, before we get into this list, James, is there anything annoying you think you do as a shopper? Man, you know, I'm really super conscious of things like this. I I think almost too much so. Like, I try so hard to be the guy that, like, doesn't block the aisle. I never park close because I want other people to be able to get the parking spot. I'm, like, super conscious of, like, the car. Like, lately I've been, like, very, like, making it obvious that I'm wiping down the cart before I put it back. That's very important now, Uh uh-huh. I don't think think so and I'm always like that person like I don't know the Protestant guilt kicks up to, in me when I have to ask someone for something like and I, I've I'm starting to get over it, but I'm also oftentimes like 
um so I know it's like um like you guys are like really busy right now but I just like um was kind of wondering you know like last week you had um like the, you know like I, oh, that guy I just see. like oh Jesus James so that's probably actually really annoying to them they probably just like dude ask the question the damn question well you know? and with Trader Joe's there's a likelihood that they don't have that item anymore because they kind of rotate things right so I bet uh-huh. Trader Joe's yeah. employees always get people like you who are going did you have those one wasabi pot stickers that had sriracha in them and I got really drunk and I ate like a whole thing of them and I really want them and they were here you last me and then you're explaining all of it and they're like yeah no we don't have that anymore we don't carry that we anymore. don't carry no. that anymore My, for me before we get into the actual things on this list I have been taught bad habits by my mother. Uh-oh. I she is she was a price tag switcher. <gasps> I had been nice. I had been known to switch an organic avocado sticker with a conventional avocado sticker from time to time. <laughs> Not fair. At, at Trader Joe's? No, not at, at Trader Joe's. I've done it at the other grocery stores. Uh-huh. But I, I have not done that in a very long time. I'm clean. All right? But yeah. one thing that my mom always did that I have the habit of doing is if I no longer want something, I'll be like, hmm, and I'll just set it on whatever you shelf. Just like put it wherever. Yep. Uh-huh. Or I'll, no. I'll be the person at the counter who is like, I don't want this anymore. And I, that's so funny because we're totally opposite. Because I like... Chris will be like, oh, what are you doing? Come on, we're in a hurry. And I'm like, no, I have to take it back and put it in the exact spot on the shelf where I got it. Yep, I don't do that. I'm like, if it's in like the same dairy section, I'm like, I did pretty good. Also, with the (laughs) cart return, I'm terrible with cart return. My wife gets on me about it all the time. She goes, please just return the cart. And I'm usually like, okay, let's put the last bag in. And then I'll just just push it up to the first little island with a tree on it that I can see. Uh And I'll just... And I'll just uh-huh. make sure that it can, that it's not blocking any cars and that it's not rolling away down a hill somewhere. And I'm like, great, done. And she'll always go, no, 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 you got to bring it all the way back. Uh-huh. Uh, when passive aggressive Patty is glaring at you across the uh, parking lot and she's like, that's not where carts go. Yeah. Um, passive aggressive Patty is me. <laughs> <laughs> and I like go over and get your cart and glare at you the entire time. Oh. Oh, man, if we had only met at a grocery store, we would probably hate each other. <laughs> we would hate each other, probably. <laughs> it's funny. Okay, so here's some of the things that they that Trader Joe's employees say not to do. Don't ask two different employees to look for the same item. Uh, okay, that's totally fair. Uh, no reason to leave sample cups or trash around the store. That's like, this is that one. Know. Yeah, I, I mean, if you have to walk around with that coffee, that coffee is one shot. You take the shot, you put it in the garbage, and you walk away. And you move it, move it right along. Exactly. You cannot be. Uh, please do not be rude. Please do not ignore employees when they greet you. See, I've never been greeted by Trader Joe's employees. Yeah, I wonder if they mean like from a Walmart greeter standpoint, because I haven't really seen that either. Or, I mean, they're super nice at the cash register usually, right? And they usually have, yeah, they have like a way to strike up a conversation with you where they're like, ooh, sliced turkey. I love turkey. I love the sliced turkey. It's so good. They're also about half of them are probably channel Q too. So it's nice to (laughs) like, you can sort of like pick or they're like hipsters who knows depends on where you are, but they're like, Oh, that's He's kind of cute. I'll go to that aisle. Yeah. They, so in the next one on the list is something that I do when you put products back on the wrong shelves. They hate that. Uh, Try not to we're leave. We're gonna call that. We're gonna call that the alley jump. The alley move to put the yeah or the the genie the Gina move. Who's my mom? 
Um, don't leave carts at the register. Now, come on. That's something that I don't do. I leave them outside at the parking lot. I do not leave them at the register. <laughs> You're like, I at least get them out of, out of the way. Um, this one's kind of interesting. You know, Trader Joe's has a very generous return policy. Like, I didn't know that. Bring anything back. That's part of one of the like few things that makes Trader Joe's like kind of kitschy and fun and whatever. But like, don't just like abuse it. Don't just like eat an entire burrito and then bring back the wrapper and be like, I need my money back. <laughs> I think this is going to give me food poisoning. I've yeah. never returned anything to a grocery store ever. The only time that I ever did was a Costco, and it was because I bought a bag of chi- I bought a. I forget what I bought, but I opened it and it was already previously opened. And I was like, uh, what? And oh somebody had God. already returned it. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> some kind great. of snack for kids. And then it tasted like crap. And I was like, I'm sure they tasted it, gave it to their kids. Their kids hated it. And then they brought it back and then they re put uh-huh. it on the shelf. All right. Uh, if you want to sample a specific food, wait for a staff member. Don't just open a package by yourself. I've never done that before. I didn't even uh, know you could yeah. just try any item in the store as well. You can. That's another one of their Trader Joe's thingies. They also will generally bag your own groceries, although in the time of pandemia, I'm not sure how much they're... Well, I think they are doing that now still, but I my OCD catches up with me there, and I'm totally this person too, where sometimes I want to say something to yes. them about how they're bagging it, but they've actually been trained to do it. So just like leave leave them alone. Yeah, and let them do it. I know. I, I get like that where I'm like, can you put more than like mm-hmm. two items in there? Right. Yeah. Um, and then finally, while at the register, you should avoid being on your phone, which I'm guilty of from time to time, but I try not to be. And then finally, stop ringing the bells at the checkout lanes. If you are ringing bells at the checkout lane, especially when you haven't donated, I think they do that for people who donate money. Uh, Unless you're four, you shouldn't be doing that. Right, right, exactly. Uh, (laughs) All right, more drop the subject. Those are some things to not do at the grocery store this weekend. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James. It's Friday. Have that feeling, or it's a new kind of Friday feeling. It feels a lot like every other day, but still... I am kind of happy to talk about this because there are a lot of negative things about this pandemic, but the pandemic seems to be potentially killing off something that I have never been a fan of. So call it a silver (laughs) lining, call it whatever you want, but they are claiming, uh, researchers are claiming that after COVID-19, when we all return to work, Things will rearrange at the workplace in the form of probably no more open plan workplaces. Whoa, like an open concept office space? I, I. (laughs) You're not a fan, huh, Allie? For the three days that I worked in San Diego, where I was going to be on mornings there, uh, didn't end up working out for several reasons that I cannot get into on this show, but they had an open, it was a new building. They were like, man, we're doing this. It was like an open concept at a radio station. I was like, how do, what, what? How does that, you walked around. while you were on air? It was all, yeah, everything was in a giant circle. And you walked around the circle and you could just see everything was open concept in the sense that all the all the walls were glass. So you could see into all the radio stations. Everyone's offices were glass. And then everybody, all the other departments were all just in the middle in a completely open. It was all just one big circle. And I was like, "Uh." and I don't know, maybe it's just because. I like I value my privacy, but uh-huh. I don't really ever want to 
always be sit like a to not have your own space because some some of these places they don't have you don't even have a desk it's just like here's a big table Mm -hmm. and people just kind of sit there with their laptops or like here's a little side thing overlooking the window and you can just sit there and then be on your laptop you know they do that in we work spaces and stuff like that but not having a designated spot stresses me out (laughs) <laughs> You're like I need I need my spot where my space go or where my stuff goes. But I you know I think this is kind of interesting. So they actually did a study about this and uh, what I think is just so fascinating is it works the opposite of the way I thought it would. So they studied like a measurable change in employee habits when office transitioned from like cubicles so people at least had some sort of tall barrier like at least at least six feet tall to an open layout and in every single time they studied this they found that face-to-face communications actually declined by 70 percent and electronic communications increased which is so funny because the whole point that people use to draw to to advocate for open office spaces is to facilitate employee collaboration Right. To make people feel more connected. Right. That's what they do in tech companies all the time, because so many people are, you know, hunched over their computers all day. So, hey, why don't we feel more connected? So we're all in the same place. Open floor plan was big in tech companies. I mean, my my mom worked for Apple for a number of years. And so I visited that campus and it's just it's it's all open. Everybody's just hanging out in the same areas. And then you've got those cafeterias and everything is like a con combined workspace so that Mm. everyone's just hanging out together Mm. and i get the the idea of wanting to do that but it doesn't surprise me what you're saying it doesn't surprise me that it would make people feel less connected because when you want to have when you want to talk crap about another employee ding 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 you need your privacy that's the wait i think i even have my dinger here Right. You can't you can't talk about your coworker or your boss or whomever. And let's face it, it happens. Like no, I don't I want one person, please tweet me, that has never talked a li- at least a little bit of mess about a coworker, a boss, or whatever. You and, and, and that's almost part of like working and almost part of your like ability to have to cope sometimes with these like jobs that you may or may not like. And so you can't talk about anyone. And even if you're not talking about someone, it's more a function of people in these studies. People intentionally withdrew because they didn't want to be overheard. And maybe that's just a private conversation with the client or something. But then also people were socially withdrawing because they didn't want to interrupt everyone else. So if you're constantly feeling like you can't Uh, like relax enough to be yourself, to talk out loud, to say the things you need to say, to make a little noise while you're typing, while you're on the phone with, you know, Sue and HR or something. If you need to fart, like whatever you need to do to get through your day and like be productive. If you can't do that, you're going to be less productive. We absolutely, we need privacy. And I think this is uh, the open floor plan definitely killed office sex which i'm not necessarily condoning but there are some fun things that people are doing in the privacy of their own offices like picking their nose and farting it doesn't have to be office sex that they now felt like they wouldn't be able to do so hey i know that 
things are going to change when we get back to work. I think that the the office space, the open office floor plan is going to go away. I think we're going to go back to cubicles, especially when it comes to social distancing when we get back into the workplace for so if you're if you're in, in my boat and you hated the office the the open floor plan, this might be a little bit of a silver lining, some good news to take into the rest of your weekend. We'll be back with more. Drop the subject. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. Drop the subject. You're right. Is where we are, and this is news it or lose it, and it's the time of the weekend. Almost, almost the weekend, James. It's Friday. It's the time of the show. You're forgiven. Thank you very much. I mean, I'm just kind of excited about the weekend. That's all. Uh, I have three headlines. Allie has a clinger, dinger, binger, banger. Ah, oh, very good, Allie. I found my angle, yeah. finally. You did. I think you did. I think you really you really nailed it. It's only taken us six <laughs> weeks of quarantine. <laughs> all right. To, yeah. I kid, I kid, I kid. Uh, headline number one. Study finds COVID-19 in semen contradicting previous research. Um, are we talking about COVID and semen? We are. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought I'd get a more of a reaction out of you than that, but okay. Uh, no, I'm more mm. pensive about it. Okay, okay. I'm internalizing I, I my feelings. I'm keeping it very, very medical. Uh... Headline number two, this hunky gay weatherman was fired for calling out insane anti-lockdown protesters. Mm, I'm going to lose that one. I've already picked one. One dude. One jacked up dude-ish story. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) He just reposted someone's Facebook thing that was like, these people are crazy. And he was like, yeah, I agree. And then they fired him. Oh, jeez. Glad I lost it. He'd been there for 14 years. Okay. Uh, last headline, worker humiliated after odd food habit is exposed (gasps) during video meeting. Yeah. (laughs) Super juicy, right? Okay. We'll come back to that. We'll do that one at the end. So we can talk about it more. Bottom line, long story short, I, I bring new, this news it or lose it to you about COVID-19 and semen (laughs) as an, a learning opportunity as I do, because early studies were like, Nope. COVID-19 cannot be transmitted through semen. Oh, okay. It's well, not sexually transmitted. It, well, okay. Let, let's back up from that even too. Let's be really clear. In a laboratory environment, in a Petri dish, does COVID-19 exist in semen? Early on, we said no. We do not think so. They were they were testing for this so that they could see if it is also like a sexually transmitted sort of thing, right? So I want to make it very clear. This is not like knowingly watching people who have COVID-19 then have intercourse and then that person gets it from them I and that's see. the only way. Okay, okay. we don't know that. They just want to see if we it exists in there. In semen, right. Well, no. Uh, some more research is being done and they have found that in fact, of 38 men who were hospitalized with laboratory-confirmed COVID-19, 
six of them had evidence of COVID-19 in their semen. Oh, this thing is everywhere. Can't we have anything? Can't we have anything nice? Um, So this is obviously is important. It needs to be further studied just to understand different modalities for how this stupid, stupid, annoying virus might be spread. But I will tell you that please do not. The takeaway from this is that just because semen was found in six of 38 men, uh, COVID-19 was found in the semen of six of 38 men does not mean that it can necessarily be transmitted that way. I just I want everyone to take that away. Okay. I thought that you were saying that you really only semen existed in six of 38 men. And I was like, wow, that's a really (laughs) low number. James, we should probably go back to school and like, learn. I know I haven't been works. straight in a while, but suddenly I'm that out of touch. <laughs> You're like, that seems odd. Okay, way more fun. Worker humiliated after odd food habit is exposed during video meeting. Uh, a worker who thought they had muted their microphone during a video call with their boss and colleagues was mortified that they had been listening to every single word. And she actually had tried to quit because she was so mortified over this because someone that was like tweeting about it and posting on social media. Oh, this person, this, my coworker does these things and she found out about it. So uh, what she does, she's quoted in this article as saying is I talked to my food and to myself <gasps> on, on the day in question, I had a sandwich and some pita chips with hummus. So for example, I said something like, Hmm, there's hummus among us. Or when I had a chip, I would say things like, that's what I call a chip. Or, welcome to my mouth, Mr. Pita. <laughs> and the sandwich, I pretended it insulted me. So I was like, did you just call me a bee? Oh boy, you just buttered the wrong biscuit. Nom, 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 nom. Wow. I want to talk to this person immediately. <laughs> this person is <laughs> eating right. And I hope they do it in restaurants. I hope I, that I, this woman totally. does not feel mortified. I hope she can come out and be proud about this because I, who knows? You know, maybe the food is talking back to her. Uh, isn't that funny? It might be talking back to her. And even if it's not, like, why not have a little fun with your food? Um, I think it's great. And actually, the manager sent a stern email afterwards and got on her colleagues who had been sort of making fun of so that people muted themselves and they were making fun of her in the chat and all of this other stuff. And then he like sent an email to them. It was like, you are not going to make fun of her from this. But she was so mortified because of all this happened. She considered quitting, even though they said that she is this woman is someone who who is a ray of happiness um, in, in their office space. And they didn't want her to quit. They just thought it was really pretty <sighs> funny. Well, you know what? At least when she quits, if she does lose her job, she'll have someone to talk to. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. If you haven't cracked open a beer by now, what are you even doing? Yes, the weekend is upon us. It's very soon. Of course, anyone who doesn't drink. I'm not trying to, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. God, I always have to put out. I know. It's forcing me to do stuff. Crack open and no duels. It's just as good. Oh, barf. No. (laughs) Crack open some Lipton tea. (laughs) What? (laughs) That'll taste way better. (laughs) Lipton? (laughs) Yeah, it just that's the brand nice. you went with, no, right? Because it doesn't matter. It's everything. Anything's better than an O'Doul's. Sponsored <laughs> by O'Doul's. I'm kidding. Uh, no, don't drink O'Doul's. That's anyway. a great endorsement for O'Doul's. O'Doul's. It's, anything's better than an O'Doul's. <laughs> it's sponsored by O'Doul's. <laughs> <laughs> um, on Twitter, I am getting major shade. Chris Contreras really opened up a can of worms yesterday. We told you that he tweeted out. 
saying that the more he listens to our show, the more he realizes what a bully I am and that I've, over the course of my radio career, been abusive to my producers. Dead Eyes, one of our producers up in San Francisco. What? Why are you? you Chris, help. Help, please. No, don't do You you are a part of this. You stop talking. It's not your turn. Sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, what was that, Allie? You're great. You're not. What did we talk about last time, huh? You want the switch? Nothing. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dead I said, your Allie Johnson never bullied me, and she definitely didn't force me to tweet this response by threatening to beat me up. Okay. Well, you know what? I just want to say I did not have anything to do with that tweet. He did that of his own recognizance. Uh-huh. And- Is reco- recognizance? Sorry, yeah. No, I, I didn't mean to correct you. I'm sorry. You're right. The word you know is what? recognizance. It's what, you, whatever this is you my say, show. <laughs> whatever, whatever you say. The the moon is Mars and uh, coronavirus no. is not real. Oh, my God. How what, could you compare me to the man? Whatever. Justin, whatever. And then Justin, our previous <laughs> producer, uh, Ginger Justin, said, uh, I will see you at the next weekly meeting in response to Dead Eyes, which is to insinuate that all of my producers have a weekly s- meeting that they get like some kind of a producer support group that they attend. I take major offense to that. I have never been the bully in this situation. And if you have, F you. Isn't it? <laughs> Isn't that what most bullies say, Allie? Most bullies are, I'm not a bully. I don't know what they're talking about. They were I in never, on the joke, man. I would never. It was a joke that they were in on. Like that, God, right? They were totally in on it. They can't even learn how to take a joke. Then they they should go and get a piece of me. Oh wait. <laughs> you know what? You are laughing and joking. You're part of the problem too, James. No, I am totally not. You said I yesterday am, he puts the p in producers. I I'm a ray of sunshine. That's not bullying. I mean, that is, that is that's fact, not bullying. That's just that shaming is somebody. That's true thing. <laughs> I'm Let's truth, truth facting. Jesse Let's is nodding his head. Yes. He's like, I do. I put the put in producer. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> let's do some happy endings before we get into more trouble. Okay. Uh, this is the time of the show where we take something happy or take something sad rather and make it happy. I will let you go first because I'm that nice of a person. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Sorry. Stop it. Sorry. You know what? You are Sorry. a part of this. Sorry. Sorry. You can't okay. just be, you're being two-faced. That's what you are. I just, no, really. I know I'm not. I am a Gemini. All right. Ah. Happy ending. Listen, you listeners may have binge watched Queer Eye for the Straight Guy months ago and loved every single minute of it. And it's fantastic. And you've burned through everything else, but never fear. At least you can look forward to the Butch Pal for the Straight Gal free virtual pilot premiere on Monday night, 5 p.m. on telofilms.com. Sorry, none other than your Allie Johnson right here, who is not a bully. Thank you very much, James. I appreciate you used your happy ending. You sacrificed your happy ending to plug my show. I I really appreciate it. And you did not force me to do that at all. I didn't. And I also feel bad that I did not do that for your thing yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) But I did mention it by the end of the show. Okay. Here's my happy ending. Uh Dental dams may be a sham. (laughs) And the Susan who invented them may be sad. (laughs) But when you think about it, Zoom wasn't really all that popular when it first started out. And look at Zoom now. So it's not too late, Dental Dams, for something to happen and history to change course. And all of a sudden, Dental Dams are all the rage. And when you really think about it, they may even be appropriate for masks. Do you think they're going to start having like designer Dental Dams like we have designer masks now? Possibly. 
this is disgusting but i think if they were to turn dental dams into masks then sure you can put like a looney tunes character on it or something (laughs) right what if they get like really big like elastic straps that go around your legs and then that would just be (laughs) underwear (laughs) yes they would be underwear and then i think i've actually seen that at a beach nearby all right we gotta get out of here but have a wonderful weekend we will see you on monday Goodbye. On the next. On the next. Drop the subject. Next week is sure to be a blast. And as unemployment rates continue to skyrocket, we'd like to take this opportunity to let our bosses know we're essential to the workforce. We love Channel Q. Radio.com is great. So functional. We love our bosses. They have nice hair and chiseled bodies. And nothing is more essential than listening to Drop the Subject. Their legs are hairless and svelte. Drop the Subject. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific. 1 to 4 Eastern on Channel Q.